0: To the strong life coach podcast where we speak life coach life write life and lead life today i'm joined in the podcast studio by kalisha letlow Perum. kalisha welcome to the show
1: hi thank you for having me it's my pleasure to be here
0: all right well i'm excited to connect with you and to have a conversation with you and to showcase a little bit about your journey i want all of the listeners to know a little bit about you Kalisha letlo Perun is a native of Guyana and a first-generation university graduate licensed to practice in Ontario, Canada. In 2019, Kalisha founded KYL Law Firm, a Toronto-based law firm specializing in immigration, refugee, and family law. Since opening her own law practice, she has maintained an unwavering commitment to helping her clients navigate legal challenges and achieve a desirable outcome. Connect with Kalicia on Facebook or Instagram. Her social media handle is KYL Law Firm. Kalisha, what inspired you to become an attorney? That's
1: a good question. I, to be honest, I can't think of a specific event or person that, who inspired me to become an attorney. Whenever I, I think about this, I, I, I can't place it to a specific time. For as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to be a lawyer. And strange enough, when I was in law school, I, I just happened to bump into a friend who I hadn't seen for years. Um, in fact, maybe over, over 16 years because um, we went to like elementary school together. And we were just catching up on life. And, and she asked me what I was doing. And I said, I'm in law school. And she was like, oh, my gosh, you always wanted to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So I paused and I said, "Um, like, how do you know that? Like, I haven't seen you in wow. so long. And she's mm-hmm. like, you used to say that all the time. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was like, wow, because when I knew her, I was probably around, you know, five, six, seven. So I was just a bit taken back that I couldn't recall saying it at that age, but you know, it's, it's always, it's always been there.
0: Mm. When I listened to us, go ahead and go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say, I, I think that it, it just comes from me as a person, not like being bullied and not like others being bullied. Mm-hmm. So I think naturally, I, I I believe that was the way I channeled, you know, or I decided to choose this career.
0: Mm, yes. When I listen to a story like yours, I hear, calling right like there is a calling on your life the idea that you spoke so frequently and perhaps passionately about your dream in elementary school that your peer from at that age as a child would remember your dream would remember your passion and then the beautiful part about it is it wasn't only a passion and a dream but you made, you made it come true. That's a, it's a beautiful thing.
1: Yes, I I totally agree. I feel it's just purpose and calling for me and that that's what God wanted to me me to be.
0: Mm -hmm. What do you think helped you follow through? Because I speak to people who have dreams and, and things they want to do often. And, and it's in, people who want to do things are there's one category but then there's also a separate category of people who want to and then they actually follow through. So you've you persevered through your schooling, through law school, you know, um you persevered through the bar. What do you think really helped you to persevere to achieve this dream?
1: Um naturally I'm a fighter. <laughs> um I like taking on a challenge and and I'm usually very persistent and consistent. Um but really you know, if I am to, to be completely honest, um, I would say my faith because, mm-hmm. you know, of course, there are many obstacles that that I've had to overcome along the way. And I don't think I could have done it without my faith in God and believing that this is what God wants from me. And if he wants it from me, he's going to make a way for me to get it. Mm. So I'm just going to keep pushing on and he's going to make a way.
0: Yes, yes. I love that. I love the, the connection with uh, the, the divine role in your journey and him, him making a way for you. And it's fascinating you mentioned it. I'm, I'm always fascinated when an attorney will mention their faith because, you know, sometimes it's taboo, right? Um, to, to bring up your faith and you're willing to talk about it. So I'll, I'll certainly ask you about it. Now, how do you navigate having faith in your profession you know, in knowing when and when and how to to bring it up or even to not bring it up. Like, w- what is that like for you?
1: It's it, it's you know, like you mentioned, it's it's taboo. But um, my my position is that you know, I this these are my beliefs, and and I can love everyone regardless of whether or not we agree on on religion or what I believe in, because I believe that God loves everyone right mm. regardless of their race regardless of their creed regardless of the you know their affiliation mm. he loves everyone and i think that that's my duty to display the love of god regardless of whether we see eye to eye on on religious issues so you know i try to avoid those conversations and just approach it from a place of of love and do the best that i can do for you in my capacity as an attorney
0: mm. yes uh, the reason I, I appreciate that and value that is uh, there's, I, I'm thinking about one specific attorney that I've worked with one-on-one and she's really wrestled with that of like, should I ever, she, she's really wrestled, should I ever mention it? You know, because, you know, she's heard some horror stories of, um, of opposition from, from, even from judges for against people who believe. Um, but I think hearing your perspective about it and then really prioritizing the love above all, And letting that even open up doors of opportunity for you to be able to share about your faith. So I I love hearing about that.
1: Yes, it it definitely does open up doors because you would often because I work with a lot of vulnerable clients and, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes they they'd be so emotional just about the fact that you take the time to listen to their story and care so much for them so that definitely opens up a door to you know for me to share about my fate without yes. imposing on them
0: mm, I, and I, I i like that pizza, without imposing because I, I i'm shocked and surprised and I, I as a person of faith as well right um how um connecting as a human being first Often opens up the door, especially if you're doing it in a non-condescending way, in a non like, "Hey, this is what you should do, this is what you have to do, this is what you need to do." But you need to open up the door to share what's really helped you. And I think that's the sense I get from you. You seem like somebody who's who has the the uh, you're savvy enough to know, "Hey, well, hey, how do I do this in a way that's that connects and that resonates with people without really." Um, rubbing them the wrong way is what I'm hearing from you.
1: Yes, yes that that is that is quite correct.
0: Now, what do you enjoy most about being an attorney?
1: Definitely helping people. Mm-hmm. Other than winning cases, <laughs> oh, <laughs> every attorney loves that. But mm-hmm. definitely the sense of fulfillment that comes from helping from helping people. I sometimes I say to others that. When a client's application gets approved or, you know, you, you win a case to the federal court, I think I'm probably more happier than the client is, right? Mm-hmm. So the fulfillment that comes from helping others overcome the challenges they face, you know, in dealing with the legal system.
0: Yes, the fulfillment that comes from helping others. I, I, I feel like hearing you say that it means, I think it means so much because when i speak to attorneys and especially when i speak to um, immigration attorneys there's something about people who choose immigration that i notice a it's to me it's like a special magic about them because they're 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 so involved with the families and the connections and, and and they understand the implications of a win for people in that setting and especially for you focusing on immigration and refugee i i could see how all of that helping to really transform family dynamics is super uplifting for you to be involved in.
1: Yes, it, it, it's something. Immigration is something that affects almost every aspect of a person's lives, and mm-hmm. you know, people come, they cross the, the the waters, they leave their children behind, their families behind to 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 seek betterment. And you know, when you help one individual, you help an entire family. So. Mm-hmm. It's
0: fulfilling. Yes. So maybe talk about that. How did you decide to focus on immigration, refugee, and family laws? I'm I'm especially interested in all all of it, but especially the refugee component because I have yet to to interview an attorney. I've interviewed about thirty five attorneys at this point, but I've yet to interview an attorney who who's uh, who really has that focus the refugee component as well.
1: So when I had to do my placement, the practical aspect of of um, you know, studying, I had several options, either to work in, in private, um, with a private firm or to work at a legal clinic. And for some reason, I, I felt that I should, I'd like to follow my heart. And I felt that I should should be at the legal clinic, even though it, you know, it doesn't pay as much as private practice. But I felt that that is, that is where I should have been. And the clinic that I went to, they do four different areas of law, including immigration, landlord and tenant, employment. And I was supposed to do a rotation during that 10 month period in, in at least three different areas. And the first area that I started out on was immigration. And I, I fell in love with it. And to be honest, I, I didn't do a rotation. I, I did you know a little bit here and there in the other areas of law, but my primary focus for that 10 months was immigration law um because one of the things that first happened to me is that when i i learned about the clients and their stories because because when you meet with a, a client you, you you have to sit and get everything their entire life story mm-hmm. when you're preparing their submissions to see okay you know what what are the strengths that i can use in in your case and oh. a lot of times immigration law you're not always going to court it's it's written submissions and i would mm. say to the clients you'll never get the opportunity to meet the officer but we wanna we want the officer to meet you in writing to present wow. your unique story so that they feel that personal connection and feel mm. that this is a life and when i learned about the things that people went through i honestly i said god forgive me because i've been so privileged and take i've taken so much for granted when you sure. think of People coming from these war torn war torn countries and and countries where where, you know, women's rights are not respected. And mm-hmm. when I've learned about the struggles that they've gone through and the things that they ran from, I was just taken back. And I said, Wow, there's so much I take for granted. And I said, God forgive me. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's what really pulled me um to immigration and, and refugee law.
0: Wow. Um, that is quite eye-opening. I think when I listen to you describe the written story component, you want them to connect with their, and you you asking for their entire life story, it makes me think about there's a part of your job and responsibility, it's almost like a journalist in that you are digging for the stories, you're digging for the emotionally meaningful moments, and you're trying to help them to connect with, again, that, if, that official who will only get access to this written report, and uh, But it's, I, I'm just imagining the amount of connection you are able to build with people listening to their entire life story, the ups and the downs and, uh, and everything they've been through. I, I, I get to see how you have these incredible connections, maybe even for a lifetime of people that, you, that you're connected with. You'll, you remember their story, they remember you. Um, that, that is it's so, uh, that is incredibly meaningful.
1: Yes, it is.
0: What has been one challenge you faced as an attorney that you've overcome?
1: One of the challenges I faced, I believe it was when I initially started, like just after I was called to the bar, it's learn, it's applying what you've learned in law school to real life because you can learn so much and know more in law school. And, you know, the first day that you start... Um, you know, practicing, it's it's so much different from just studying for an exam, you know, little things as in, you know, how to deal with a client who's, you know, um, going through a particular situation and and learning, you know, how to to be professionally, you know, res- a responsible attorney, and you know, caring for the client and and you know, those little things that you can never learn in school. I think that was one of the challenges that that I've had, just learning to to apply school to real life issues.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, I, and I've heard that concept before, and and it's. Well, I, I think what I can hear is the general public doesn't, doesn't know any of that, right? Like, if you're not an attorney, I, I'm again, as, as an outsider for me, not knowing what happens in and out of law school, you, like, I, I, I wouldn't know. But for you to step into that role of, of practicing um, is, I've heard other t- attorneys describe it. It's one thing to prepare you to be a student and a diligent person in law but it's an entirely different component to practice as a lawyer or even much more. So as you know, um, from owning a law firm, like there's so many things that come from practicing um, as a lawyer and then owning a law firm that were never covered in law school, which again, as an outsider, I would never have known.
1: Yes, that that's entirely um, that's true. Correct. And I, I would always say to young attorneys, you know, get mentors. That's the best thing you can do for yourself is get mentors. You need it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. That is that, that piece of advice is so pivotal. Uh, The way I describe it, it's a prerequisite for me doing any work with any attorney as a coach is if is, is they have to have a mentor in their industry because somebody who's even five steps ahead are going to be able to help you in certain ways as an attorney. And it's people that are 40 steps ahead will be able to help you as well. But I, I love that insight yeah. that you shared to find mentors for the young attorneys. And I, I'm sure we're going to come back to that notion in the episode. Um, now, now, what is, what has been one common challenge you've seen other attorneys face and what do you think is a great solution to that challenge?
1: probably heard this several times before work life balance (laughs) Mm -hmm. um I think that is that is something that generally affects most attorneys maybe all of them um just finding that balance between work and and life because you know you do a lot of late nights and you have to reach a point where you say okay I've I've done enough and you know there's so many other aspects to life that I need to focus on I think um one of the ways to to at least that I've um dealt with that is you know having a goals and vision and and you know in that learning what's priority for me. So for example, as a young woman who you know intends to start a family, um, I don't want to get myself caught up into working seven days a week, um, you know, 12 hours per day. And I've had to look at you know what I want for my life. It, at the end of this year what I want for my life in the next five years and whether or not working this way will you know help me achieve those goals because I I've definitely been you know there's some days you work up until midnight and it's it's not healthy
0: mm-hmm. wow the quote you gave me as you were sharing that was to begin with the end in mind and 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 for you as you're sharing that, and it's, it's one of the, the habits of highly effective people, you know, and, and when, when I'm hearing you say that is you're thinking not just about the short term of winning this case or being thoroughly prepared, which are noble, they are noble ambitions. It's It's noble to want to be extra prepared. It's noble to want to win for your clients. Now, what I'm hearing from you though, is yes you want to you you want to have short-term victories but you also want long-term victories in your other parts of your life because as you and i both know this idea of you can be extra successful in your profession but if you're not getting what you want or if you're not you know meeting your other goals outside of being a professional then sometimes um it subtracts meaning from your profession if you're personal life is you know falling apart or if your personal life that you're not um reaching different milestones that are important for you
1: yes that that's correct and and, and i should say you know it's it's not easy um mm-hmm. because you always feel this pull to work 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 but you have to be focused on those goals
0: yes Yes. And that's exactly why I, I I'm in business <laughs> just uh, to be able to help that holistic perspective. So I I appreciate that. I had that's to put this, this part of the interview on my, on my website so that people know the importance of the holistic success yes. and not just um, individualistic success is it's so it's, it's pivotal. Um, tell me what has been the best way for you to bring new clients to your law firm. Every Every new law firm owner that I know, that's one of the first problems they're trying to solve, right? They want to they want to get in business and they want to stay in business and they want to bring new clients to them. What, what has really worked for you to bring new clients to you?
1: Referrals. I think word of mouth referrals are one of the best ways to get new clients. Um, you know, and, and again, this might depend on your area of practice. Um, but connecting with community partners because for example for me there are a lot of community agencies that work with newcomers that work with refugees that mm. so it's it's really good to build a relationship with them and you know it it helps you because when a client comes to you, you have somewhere or some organization to refer them to so I have a, if I have a woman that's dealing with maybe abuse. I have a connection with an organization that helps women that way. So building that connection with community organizations and of course, you know, being you have to be nice to your current clients so they will refer other people to you.
0: Mm. But
1: word of mouth referrals.
0: Yes. uh, And maybe we could go a little, um, I, I, I love the notion, absolutely. Word of mouth referrals, the human being who is extending their endorsement for you is there's nothing quite like it. Now, when you talked about, like, I, I, I the phrase I, that came to my mind was strategic allies in community organizations. That's, that's a concept I haven't heard before. And I think I, I would love to explore it a little bit more. When, uh, and maybe we'll talk about maybe even in your world as, as an immigration attorney, how do those strategic partnerships get established early on? I think that's something that the other attorneys wonder, which is, like, how do they start? Like, where, where, where do they get started with establishing some of those relationships with some of these organizations that you mentioned?
1: So you can one, reach out to these organizations, you know, write a letter and say, well, mm. you know, I'm an attorney, this is my, you know, area of practice. And I I help clients dealing with these particular issues. And I know that your organization, you know, service these, these clients and, and, you know, I'm here for them if, if they need to be, referred or, or if they need to speak to an attorney <clears throat> and of course um you know if you have clients that are struggling with a particular issue um some some attorneys would you know tell the clients well you need to find this service but it helps if you as the attorney reach out to that organization and say well i have a client that's struggling with this would you be able to assist them so that you yourself is building that relationship with the organization
0: mm, wow Two details, <clears throat> two details I want to highlight. One, the write the write a letter component. Again, that's such a simple but proactive approach to building that initial connection. Um, I, I think that's 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 that's, uh, that's such a great gem. The second gem you mentioned was um, the idea of offering to send referrals their way, because it establishes that reciprocity of, hey, I, I want to send people your way I want to help your organization to have um, more uh, more clients more more people that you're serving and helping and so it establishes you as a giver in the relationship and then so um, I think I, I, I could totally visualize how they in turn go oh Kalisha gave us traffic for our mission we want to do our part to give Kalisha traffic with what she's doing in her mission. So I could see how that's really, really builds a synergistic relationship with these community organizations. Yes. Now for an attorney just starting out in their career, what's the, what's the advice that you offer to them? when they're just starting out. What do you, what do you tell them of, of, about um, uh, helping this to set them up for success?
1: One, um, <clears throat> and we mentioned this we discussed this earlier to get a mentor or two mentors you need you know senior attorneys that you can you know you can email or text and say well you know i'm having an issue with this what's your opinion on it it i think that is really really important mm-hmm. i don't think i would have been um successful without having mentors i have mentors for family law and for immigration law mm-hmm. and two Um, learn about business because law school doesn't teach you about business. So what I do sometimes is I, you know, I just do a short course online or even if it's like an audio listen, you know, it's something that for two hours that I would listen to because law school is not business school. And if you intend as a young attorney to have your own firm, you're going to need some kind of, of, of business sense.
0: <laughs> mm, yes, yes, yes. Another, another great plug for what I do. <laughs> um perfect. Um share a little bit about how those mentorships got started in the beginning. I know um I I know from talking to people there there's sometimes sometimes there's inward resistance, whether that's ego or whether that's um a little bit of worry about looking like I don't know something and being okay being uninformed looking uninformed for a moment if it means I don't stay uninformed for a lifetime what has helped you in the beginning of those mentoring relationships to establish those i think that's something that attorneys wonder like how do they go from complete strangers and into beginning a mentorship what what has really worked for you
1: so one of my mentors is from the organization where i did my placement and I believe um, we built a a relationship and I'm I'm not trying to be, you know, boastful here because she liked the fact that I was a hard worker and I was really invested in, in what I was doing. And I think somehow that kind of encouraged her to, you know, sort of take me under her wings. Mm -hmm. Because one of the challenges that some of my colleagues face is that they would work with you know, attorneys are a law firm, but then, you know, the senior lawyers aren't willing to maybe like share precedence or, you know, guide them along the way. I did not have that experience. Um, And, you know, I think it's if one, if people see that you're really invested in in what you're doing and, you know, not every senior lawyer is going to want to mentor somebody or take on that responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, That's how that one relationship was built The other one, I reached out to the person and, and, you know, I'm happy that she was actually, you know, willing to take me under her wings. And there's another attorney that I have as a mentor for family law. And I was actually referred to that attorney by one of my other mentors. So, Mm. you know, even if the person that you've reached out to is not willing to do it, you can ask them if, you know, if they have a colleague who's willing to, you know, mentor someone, or even if. And people might not want to do this, even if you have to do a few files pro bono, just to learn in the initials, you know, get that kind of knowledge and establish that relationship in the initial stages. I think it's worth it.
0: Mm, Gems, you're dropping some more treasure for us. Let's let me highlight some of the treasure you just dropped. The treasure of proactively asking and asking an attorney and then being prepared, as you mentioned. If they say no, sometimes they they don't have time. There's no time that they have. If they say no, I love your follow up question, which is, okay, you can't. Do you know anybody you recommend that would be great for for uh, to to uh, to reach out to? And and I think I could see how that was a potential dead end, but instead of it being a dead end, it's instead led to another opportunity to connect with somebody else that they clearly would value highly enough to endorse them as a mentor. Um, So I love that insight of, uh, of, of, um, of being, being bold enough to ask, but then being again, savvy enough to be prepared for the no, as far as what that potential next step could be. And uh, the other thing you said about the mentors was, oh, your example. And I, and I think this is, this is key. Um, the way you carried yourself, um, it, the way the, the way you described it it, it, it 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 seemed to demand and command respect. So, just like any any great professional, no, no no great professional wants to waste their time. But if they're seeing, oh, actually Kalisha's gonna actually use this. She's gonna use this to make herself better. She's gonna use it to become a better um, advocate for her people. Then we feel great about. Investing in her because we know she's gonna go use this in a powerful way. So I think those two tips I think are fantastic for attorneys listening in to um carry yourself with professionalism, work, you know, display your work ethic. Uh, also proactively ask for mentors, be prepared for them to tell you no, and ask them if they have any recommendations for other mentors to continue growing and blossoming. Yes. All right now. Kalisha, tell me, if someone was listening to this episode that can do anything to support you and your law firm, what would that be?
1: Um, you know, share the information with with people who can benefit from it. Um, you know, I do, um, you know, webinars from time to time where I would, you know, share information on different immigration programs and, you know try to answer a few questions so i would definitely say share this information with with people who can benefit from it
0: Mm, yes podcast listeners you heard her one of the best ways we can build her up one of the best ways we can show our gratitude for her spending some time with us on today's episode is by sharing the information she, she 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 shares so um whether that's the webinar you you we all can share that whether that's on facebook or even Um, Of course, Instagram, you go over to her profile grid and you can share some of her posts into your stories to be able to share her message and what she's doing to advocate for her people. Now, if someone was listening to this episode that could connect you with your perfect referral partner, who would that be? Where would they be? And what do they do?
1: That would definitely be community agencies that. That work with immigrants, that work with refugees, that work with um newcomers or work with, with women um or parents, that that would be the perfect um referral partner. And more for you know, mainly someone located in Ontario. But of course, I work with clients outside of Canada because there are clients in other countries in the United States that are interested in in Canadian immigration. Mm.
0: So definitely
1: community agencies.
0: Mm, yes community agencies. Very specific, very helpful. Thank you for that. And the last question I have for you, Kalisha, is what are your favorite qualities of your favorite people?
1: I, I believe I would say um, well, two of my favorite people. I'll reference two of my mentors um, for the two mentors that I have for immigration law. And um, one of them, what I like about her is the way that, that she, she does her work. It's for her, it's not, this is not another file for me. This is an individual. This is a person. And I really and truly I I completely admire that about her. She works hard. She's really invested in her work and she's really invested in people. And and you know, people, people know when you genuinely care about them. Um because Literally, there, you know, sometimes she goes into work and, and she's expecting, you know, five clients, and then there are 15, 20 people coming. And because somebody's always referring someone. Wow. And I think that's because people, they know that genuineness. Yes, you have to be an attorney and it's a business, but people also want to know that you're really concerned about helping them. Mm-hmm. And I, I really admire that about her. And I really hope that I can be like that mm-hmm. um the other the other person is is my other mentor in immigration law and what i admire about her is that she's not just an attorney she's 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 business savvy and she's the person that i go to sometimes when i have these non legal issues and they're they're not necessarily um law related and she would you know she would always remind me that Yes, you're an attorney, but this is a business that you're running. And, you know, it's not wise to do XYZ and, you know, learn from me because I've made this mistake at mm. your stage. So um, I like the fact that she, she really, you know, has a, a a good combination of, you know, of being an attorney and managing a business.
0: Mm, yes, yes, yes. I want to if it um If they're listening to this part of the podcast, I wanna speak to both of them and say phenomenal job. When Kalisha speaks about you as her mentors, she lights up, um, she's glowing, she's clearly grateful for your impact and your investment in her. So I just wanna say phenomenal job being phenomenal mentors. I think that is always really encouraging and uplifting to hear somebody speak about you so highly when you're not even in the room. So uh, fantastic job. Great, uh, great job, mentors. Um, Kalisha, I want to say thank you uh, one more time for joining me on on the episode today.
1: Thank you so much for having me here. I enjoyed it. It was a pleasure. And I know that you're definitely a a great coach. Uh, This was comfortable for me, easy speaking. And, you know, I believe you have that connection with attorneys. Thank you once Mm. again. And thanks to everyone who's listening
0: yes and thank you for the the rich endorsement that's very gracious of you um i want all the listeners to know um this episode is sponsored by strong life scholars whose mission is empowering latinas with law student scholarships undergraduate scholarships community impact guidance professional mentorships and professional skills training thank you to our precious listeners for tuning in to another episode be sure to go over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us the five-star review. Remember to subscribe and we'll connect with you on the next episode. Thank you.